0: And welcome to Free Devs and the Maybe. This is the seventh podcast in our series. Um, for anyone is who's. Is it? Yeah, Seven, yeah six. Sorry, six.
1: sorry. Wow. Do, you start, do you want to start again or carry on?
0: No. <laughs> we'll carry on, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, if you've not listened to our podcast before, basically this is aimed at absolute beginners or just enthusiasts who are just happy to listen to what we chat about. So um, this week is going to be a little bit different. I know, I think we did talk last time, we said that we might be talking about um, object oriented programming in this podcast, but uh, we actually, me and my three podcast colleagues, we actually met up this week uh, for a bit of a social. And we kind of decided that we're going to put that back a few weeks, because maybe we're just uh, taking it a little bit too quick, and there's some other stuff we'd like to talk about first. But, but this week, we actually want to discuss a few more um, ad hoc things, a couple of things that have come up recently and we feel that it's it's the right time to discuss them here. So uh, yeah, this week is going to be a bit of a rant, um, but stick with us because there will be some really good content, it won't be um, a waste of your time. So uh, we'll start the usual way and uh, I'll go around and ask how everyone's week were. So uh, let's start with you. Uh, we'll start with Ed, so we'll start with Lou this week. Lou, how's your week <laughs> Hello. Hello.
1: Uh, good evening. Yeah, uh, well... Thankfully, the, the week last week only started on Thursday. Um, but saying that, it was still a shock to the system. Yeah. Uh, the first time I had to set the alarm for, for, well, I don't know what ten days, and I was, yeah, more than more than used to having a good old lie in. But um, yep, yeah, straight back into work, working on um, on a big site which uh, which has been going very well. Um, using my using my framework, which has been good so far. So good. Not too many uh, not too many issues gone wrong with it so far. So um, so it's been all good fun. Um, uh what else have I been doing oh yeah over the uh, over the christmas break I've been doing quite a few tutorials and stuff and I finally managed to get a site live of my own nice. so uh, there is a there is a blog site which I've now put live so what's name you know, for that it's uk. there's only one post on it at the moment but um I'll kind of discuss the, what I used to make that when we get. To, I assume we're going to do our usual plugins bit of the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, say, obviously, obviously, oh, you
2: got Discus in there as
1: well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's good. It's, it's good. Actually, that well, you inspired
3: thing. me to use Discus. It is awesome. That's
1: one yeah.
2: thing I definitely want to talk about. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to chuck it on because I was listening to a, a, a different podcast this morning. I'm not going to give them free publicity. Freighter. I, yeah, because obviously <laughs> we're way better than that. But uh, apparently Discus can sit nicely on top of WordPress comments anyway. So. Oh, no, can, can you import them then? Or oh, does it just, if, uh, from what I can understand, I've not actually properly looked into it yet. Support is quite I, a few platforms. Yeah, you can you can install it and then it will it will basically sync up the Discus comments with your WordPress comments. So say in like three months time you actually didn't like Discus and you do not want to keep it, you can just get rid of it. And oh, re-
3: that is cool. Yeah, so they've it's, actually thought of everything, haven't they? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So nice things with
2: that, and, uh, and get that sorted sometime over the next couple of days, I think. How it's long so does it take crazy. to add that to a
3: site, then? And? How long does it take to add? Oh, it's so easy. I, I did it for both my own blog and then also the three devs blog. And literally, there's like, as um, Fraser was saying, like there's loads of integration with other things. I'm sure Lewis will go on about what he was, um, what he. Uh, blah, blah, you're going about like Octopress and stuff and how to do it on there, but like the raw thing to do is just like you know, it's just a JavaScript code snippet pretty much. Yeah, so it's a JavaScript code snippet and then like a comment div, and all it does is create an iframe. But the nice thing is, is you know, I'm sure you've all had this you have had like the Facebook social widgets and stuff, and they just destroy the page pretty much. Yeah, they overtake the page, but with this, it seems to like work well with the parent width and like the parent height and like starting around it. Okay.
1: Yeah, I've st- I've just used the old um, the good old fashioned Twitter widget on the right hand side of it for the time being. Um, I haven't had much opportunity to play around with the layout yet, but I've, um, I'm working on a local version at home to try and style it up a bit. So I oh, no, well, be So it's good.
2: It, you say you've done this on Octopress.
1: Yeah, Octopress. Um, well, it's, what is it's it's Octopress? A, cause I've
2: I've heard of it, but
1: is it is this the one that's the, the flat uses flat text files rather than the database? Was that something? Yeah, it uses it? Markdown files. Right. Um, it's just dead simple. This is a really nice um, command line facility with it, where you just create posts on it, nice and simply. Um, it's it's brilliant, and yeah, I mean, as I say, yeah, it just creates the files, and you just write the files in Markdown format. That's not something I'd used before, but it's yeah. incredibly simple to learn. Um, and yeah, it's just really, really easy to get something up and running, and all like the all the complicated stuff, like organising stuff into categories. You that's not even difficult. You just literally. Um, in the, the, what what is it called, YAML front matter, matter at the top of the page, there's like um, a list of um, sort of parameters like the page title and um, date and comments, true or false, that sort of thing. And on there, you literally have categories. And instead of square, inside of square brackets, you just literally type in the categories you want to allocate them to and it just dynamically generates them as you type them in and save Lovely. the page. So it's, and yeah, I mean, the whole template of the blog is completely taken care of. So it's so simple and nice, and I quite like the um, I quite like just the, the design of it now. Anyway, you know, just the way it comes out of the box.
3: The code highlighting like, looks really nice, doesn't
1: it? Oh, it's awesome! Yeah, there's like nice little plugins built into it for code highlighting and stuff like that. Um, you can you can nice and easily get things like line numbers and highlight certain lines of code and import code files and however you want to use it, really. Um I've only written one post so far on it but i um, you know it's nice to be blogging again I'm certainly going to be uh, going to be making the most of that cause it's, because you uh, used to
3: blog quite a bit well you you did yeah. have a bit of an online presence beforehand didn't you
1: uh, back in my golf days yeah I, I I did about four or five blogs actually oh, to okay. kind of uh, track my progress through my golfing career back in the day um, but I always did I always really did enjoy blogging and for some reason the last 3 4 years I stopped doing it but it is nice to be doing it now and I'm not going to make it all entirely web related um, have you got, uh, have you got uh,
3: links to your old blogs for the show notes because that would be awesome I'm just going to actually one oh. one. SEO there you go you see are you happy with reading this out
2: uh, possibly I trust you go ahead <laughs> it's uh, lewiscanesgolf.blogspot.com forward slash xxx <laughs> <laughs> uh, the xxx bit isn't in there
3: damn are are the you, Fraser <laughs> no they're really good posts I really enjoyed them. That's why I, I was trying to egg and like, like there was on,
1: like get a blog, just get a blog, get a blog, get a blog. If you, if you, if the people lis- uh, listening genuinely want to read some of these old blogs that I wrote, if you type in uh, Lewis Kane's golf blog, there's a couple there. Um, oh, you've got, you got a whole domain for it as well. Lewis Kane's golf. Oh yeah. Uh, Blogger. Blogger. I used for that it's All a, right. a domain like Lewis Cain's golf. Blogspot.com. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's dead simple to dead you know, it's a lot like WordPress to be honest. Um but yeah, down at Crypto uh loseblog two thousand and six dot com. That was one of the first ones. So yeah, if anyone uh, wants to read about uh golf stuff, there you go. Boom. That's uh, Boom. yeah, that's my, my former life before my uh my web days. Nice. Battling Tiger Woods head to head at the US Open. <laughs> yeah, and <I'm> losing. <laughs> <laughs> I um I want
0: to ask you about your framework, but I guess we'll leave it for a little bit because that's one of the things we're going to discuss in a bit anyway, right? So um, sure, but we'll, yeah, ooh. yeah, that leads in nicely to the other stuff. Come, so yeah, go ahead. Come back to that
2: for sure. Um, Fraser, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good, thanks. Um, have we had a podcast since Christmas yet? No, this is oh, our first. Okay. Um, yeah, so Christmas and New Year's gone. So for Christmas, what did I do? for Christmas, I spent half the at home with my housemates and um, having dinner, and then went over to the misses in the evening. Um, and then I was off, I think, I was trying to think when I was off, it's all gone so quick now. Um, I was in Monday, Tuesday last week, um, which was the two days before New Year and the two days after as well on Thursday, Friday. So I did those. Um, and then, yeah, New Year's Eve went out for a couple of beers. I was going to stay home by myself because I couldn't really be bothered to do anything. And then I kind of had the, the sudden thought of, well, hang on, if I do that, then it makes me a massive loser. So I ended up going out and, uh, and succumbing to peer pressure. It and was, it was a good night. It was a good night yeah, yeah and, and not too hungover and then we all yeah well we all went out for for beers on Saturday night so I guess we'll we'll get into that in a little bit
0: sounds good I look forward to that um web gear ed
3: hello good week yeah, it's been great yeah yeah it started off well it's only monday so yeah, yeah good great week it's been a great week uh, i was able to uh, yeah this is like the first one for like my yeah. so good month a good a good month so far, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I was lucky. I've, I've just got back to like freelance stuff now. I was able to have a couple of weeks off because deadlines working pretty well. Yeah. So um, yeah, I had a pretty good, uh, pretty good Christmas. Really, um, I, I had like a free house, which was quite nice. My uh, mum my and dad were off gallivanting around, enjoying themselves on cruises. So I had a couple of mates around and stuff. And we did you know right? there's a Monopoly Kent edition. Yeah. Okay, well that kind of hurt me then, because <laughs> it's awesome, okay, it's like, you can get Tom Bish Castle, now when you're drunk at like one in the morning, it's the best thing in the world to do. Yeah. even
2: can set up a, a Laravel 4 website. Well, this is the thing, we need to <laughs> Imagine it. Yeah,
3: doing so, that. Oh, Mickey, oh. crazy, but yes, yeah, so other than that really, it's been some work, and then also I've been able to do a bit more blogging and stuff, and played around with a bit of C, did a bit of like, linked list data structures and all that funky stuff, and they just discussed stuff, which was awesome, like being able to integrate that. I mean, I was expecting it to be a pain, but it really, they just made it so simple, which is just what you want. And also, it's the, the great thing about it is because we're all using our flat files and stuff like Octopress, it doesn't need a database backend or anything. So really, you just sign up for it, put it on your site, and it seems to be able to read the URL and everything and do all that for you, which is great. Uh, before, the, uh, before Christmas also, I was able to like, upload all the podcasts to YouTube, which was a fun thing to do. Yeah, because YouTube don't make it easy to upload podcasts. This was after my first failed attempt. Oh, they really don't, though. I mean, me and Lou were there just trying to, you know, work this thing out. But you can't upload audio on its own. You have to all upload audio with video. So obviously, we, we're not a video podcast, you know. So we, what we end up had to do was, um, fortunately, I did a little bit of research and I was able to like cobble together a couple like solutions and then build my own one that used <laughs> ffmpeg. And um, what it did was actually use the raw audio. And then we just sent it like a still image that was just the album our cover up and upload that, which was then an MKV file. But it was just one of those things where you think a lot of people upload their podcasts to YouTube. Surely YouTube will make this easier.
1: I couldn't find a decent tool to convert it to the right file format oh, I, I going I, I all the to, way through I, the back can... app store. Uh, I, I,
3: I blogged about it and I literally, it's this ridiculous command that you have to do for FFmpeg. But FFmpeg is like literally the tool for converting stuff. It was what Handbrake and stuff used to, uh, to back it. Um, oh, Handbrake, I remember. Yeah, and was. it's all backed by FFmpeg yeah. pretty much and all this. So it is awesome. But again, it's like confusing to use and there's so many commands and options and stuff. But fortunately, a couple of blog posts helped me out and I was able then to build up a solution, which was quite cool. Nice. I should have asked actually, did anyone get anything
0: like exciting for Christmas, like tech related preferably, but
1: anything at all? I That's did, it. but I did. it's pretty sad. You don't want to it. <laughs> I on. saw the picture of this, Ed. Yeah. What it's was pretty it? pretty sad. I wondered if it was like a new set of coasters or something. Oh but I yeah, yeah I, I saw this.
3: Books, pretty much, yeah. Donald Canoes, computer Art of Computer Programming. All four editions, well, all four books of them. Wow. Wow, I know. That's sad. Anyway, Mickey, you got something though, didn't you? <laughs> Something Directing I like that Directing <laughs> Reflecting 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 no. Reflection No deflection Deflection
0: That is a word <laughs> uh, Yeah equally sad But I've at least Got an excuse I guess That I needed it But yeah, I, I... Need it It's like oxygen But anyway Carry on <laughs> No I've I got a book On concurrency um, Programming So uh, Are
3: but, you yeah. enjoying it Because last time We were talking On uh, Saturday You were saying You were enjoying it And everything Have you been able To have a little chance To read um, a bit
0: more not really. I've read the first chapter. Um, so I kind of un Synchronized and volatile and all that funky stuff. Yeah, I understand it in um I'll tell you what, I'll explain it in pseudo terms because for anyone listening, you know, might be better. But um yeah, basically the whole idea of it for anyone who's not done um programming using concurrency and, and multi threads, is basically the idea is that if you use the example of say you're cleaning your house and then like halfway through you get thirsty and uh, and your name's not Fraser, so you don't go and get a beer. You go for a cup of tea, and you put the kettle on. And then, uh, <laughs> whilst the kettle's boiling, do you do you stand there and wait for the kettle to boil, or do you do something whilst it's boiling? So that's like the analogy. So with with a computer program, you whilst it's doing one thing, if it gets to a point where it's going to take a while and it's just not really doing much, and the user can't really see what's going on, you could get it to go and do another thing.
1: So watch kettle never boils. <laughs> <laughs> that's the closest I could get with
0: that, that one that is deep <laughs> yeah sorry um it's Monday night but yeah that was my my geeky little present but uh
3: yeah how are you doing though Nick because we've we've gone round and now it's back to you sir um I'm good
0: I'm good as you know I'm just decorating my house from top to bottom at the moment I've literally taken a week holiday to
3: do just that and uh how fun is that it is great right, uh, holiday it's the most tedious thing in the world. I mean, what time did you wake up this morning and then... Eight o'clock. And then you, what time do you finish? Well, um, just probably now. Literally 20 to seven. Oh, no. So, um, yeah, pretty... It'll be worth it in the end, though. You'll have a lovely painted house. Yeah. Was it like that
1: episode of Gavin and Stacey where you kind of, you're tiling the bathroom but then you have a little cap in there? <laughs> You have a nap in the bath and you wake up and it's six hours later. Oh, 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 that's a great episode. I wish, I wish. but um, Other TV shows are available. <laughs> Do we have to say that?
0: Uh, no, we're not a BBC, <laughs> are we? But yeah, to answer your question, basically doing that and then uh,
3: Java assignment and Java exam coming up. So, Because uh, you've had Christmas, you're back on the 20th of them? Yeah you've you got a bit of time off to do coursework and revision
0: yeah yeah that's it so I am basically revising um, inheritance and error handling at the moment so um, yeah it's it's good stuff but um, yeah it's just a bit knackering at the moment so yeah so oh yeah this is probably a good time to uh, say if anyone's got any any plugins or anything like that they want to uh, plug at the moment I
2: actually came across something or something was brought to my attention. I've not had a chance to actually use it myself, but one of my colleagues at the office was using it. Um, It's the big kind of debate at the moment or not a big debate, but a big kind of topic of discussion seems to be the adaptive images problem. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, my my colleague at work came across and and showed me this fantastic thing that he's found. It's literally just called adaptive hyphen images.com. And it's really kind of simple the way it works. When you think about it, like it, it's got a script which actually does the resizing and then you've got some, some entries to put in your HG access file. So what it does is when the browser sends the HTTP request to request the image that it's looking for, the HG access file takes the, the image request and rather than just sending the image back, it sends, you first, sends it first to the, the PHP file, which then checks to see if there's a resized version of that for, because the browser headers that it's sending with the with the request, it knows exactly what, what dimensions the image you're going to be looking for. Um, and if you don't have one that's I think it works it out like it's if it checks the original image and if the original image width is bigger than the, the width that it's received through the through the HTTP headers, then it resizes the image to whatever you, you want to specify. So you can specify different breakpoints and stuff. Um and it's, then it's, it's like it
1: an alternative to Tim Thumb? That kind of thing. I'm not sure what Tim Thumb is, to be honest. Oh it's 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 like a PHP Class that you can apply to to image tags, and and you just literally pass in um, pass in like width and height and stuff to the end of the to the end of the tag, um, and then, oh, it, and then well, it just dynamically you, does it. But it's you, quite it's quite you temperamental. Plug this thing in, and it'll into an existing site, and it'll
2: automatically take care of that for you. Um, so you don't really have to do cool. Response. That's yeah. Uh, After yeah. Yeah, that. anything at all with your with your image tags, um, and it yeah, it just looks absolutely fantastic, and it caches the images as well. So. It doesn't have to resize them every single time, you yeah. Nice. Nice. Like that. that looks um, really good. Yeah, it does look really, really cool.
0: I would. Uh, the only thing I'd say—that's um, really boring me to say this—but like from a business perspective, like you know, would you be charging clients more to to add this service because it's kind of above and beyond? Okay, if, if you quoted for a responsive site, I guess. Yep. It's all part and parcel, but even then, it's. You know, you could argue that a responsive site, you know, okay, yeah, it changes the uh, the display and everything on the way the layout is is handled. Yep. But it's not. I don't, I don't know if responsive. It's within its scope is to you know handle different image sizes to to get the server to to load the right yep. image. Does
2: that That's yeah, because it's kind of like a, a blurry line, isn't it? Like even in terms of when. When you're quoting for a, a website, like should you quote should should the responsive be part of the quote, or should you say, oh, you can have responsive as well, or you can have responsive and this, but it's going to cost you x amount more? Or yeah. I guess it's yeah, it's I guess it comes up to personal preference, really, and, and whatever yeah, yeah, whatever you wants to go with. This looks like a great it's solution
1: because people always say that when when you put a site live, oh, it, it works fine on my laptop, blah, blah blah blah, but it doesn't work properly on the iPad or or on my mobile or something like that yeah. but it's you know it, it's completely different in itself so i i definitely think it should be charged separately yeah that's it's the, a whole like different... that's our,
2: job. our job has gone from creating one website to look fine on on Windows XP and Windows uh, on uh, IE7 kind of thing to like now it has to encapsulate all these different devices and browsers and and it's it yeah it's just a uh, it, our job's bigger, so I think we should be quoting accordingly because it's it's kind of what's expected to to provide for all these things.
3: I just think there's to... no fixed like width anymore, is there? It's not that i ten twenty four by seven yeah, yeah. six eight. It's, yeah. it has to be every single pixel. So it's kind of like yeah, you're making a website that really is multiple websites and having to adjust dynamically and fluidly. And yeah, I just think it's interesting because. It,
0: in my opinion, it seems like with the web industry now, there's like a, a race to the bottom with price, especially when you've got like TV yeah, adverts, like getting for Yeah,
3: our one and one and stuff like that, yeah. when the foot is on. That, uh, that really cheapens our products. And yet like, our job is getting harder and harder
0: because.
1: And um, like WordPress. I could do it in WordPress. And it's like, wow. Well. <laughs> She's reminded me of a far less coherent conversation we had about this on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't spawned once yet. <laughs>
0: Uh, anyone else got any interesting plugins at all? Or?
1: I've got I've got uh, one I've got four actually. Um, four? Well, the first one we've already talked about is Octopress for yeah. for blogging. I mean, this yeah, um, the best blogging platform that I've found is obviously more aimed at um, at developers who are going to be writing the writing the actual code for the blog using uh, Markdown files. Um, but that's very very good. Um, and uh, alongside the Markdown. Um, Structure is a is a Mac app called MooApp.com dot com. You go to m o u a p p dot com. It's a nice little um, Mac app on there, which yeah, you can just write your your Markdown code in one box on the left, and it automatically translates it in real time on the right hand side, so you can see it as you're writing it. Um, so I found that very helpful. Nice. Um, and then another brilliant thing that I've started using is this is an this is from the Chrome App Store. Is um, if you go to a website called Tin, T-I-N, dot C-I-R. Oh, God. I'll say that again. T-I-N, dot C-R. So, tin, This is uh, a really cool extension, which basically, you know, when um, you inspect an element on your page using the console, yeah. you'll get this um, this Tinker thing come on at the end, and you can, um, you can load your style sheet into there. So, literally, whenever you make whatever changes to your CSS file in the console, it just dynamically updates the file. So Wicked. you don't have to keep oh, going back and forth. That is
3: amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Is, yeah. The amount of time you go, like, I have to copy and paste back, or you refresh all Chrome, you know. You yeah. Well,
1: you're constantly going from one to the other, aren't you?
0: That is amazing. Yeah, I'm adding that right now. I like I don't it. Know the name <laughs> of
1: it, though. Do I win a prize for a uh, plug-in of the week or In anything? CR. <laughs> yeah, that's the really yeah. annoying name for it.
2: Well, We shouldn't domain you hate Croatian people <laughs> no, <laughs>
3: no just tin.cr it's like the name of it not Croatians oh, wouldn't it, no, it wouldn't even be Croatia would it what would CR be? Czech Republic Czech Republic yeah no,
2: maybe oh, would that be CZ, no, CZ Switzerland isn't it <laughs> no just Switzerland in, any CR.
1: Croatian people listening please feel free to get in touch
3: <laughs> it is Costa Rica or Costa Rica uh, well I really. you're wrong oh yeah suddenly you've got
1: uh, a complete opposite side of the world <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're good. We're, up, don't you know? We know our top level domain. The only, um, the only issues I've had with it so far because I've also started messing around with Sass this week, which is obviously uh, that's what everyone should be doing. I now realise, and I'll be doing that sort of forever from now on. But it's much nicer than it, that than it is in CSS. Yeah, it, it does. It does support Sass, and you can you can you can get it to work with Sass. But I haven't quite managed to crack that yet.
3: Oh, it actually so, compiles it all for you and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can you wow, can wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As
2: well. Sorry. Live reload as well?
3: Yeah, yeah, all of
1: that.
3: What wow. But it you uses your de- <laughs>
1: development environment. Wow. Yeah, so that yeah, those are my main discoveries this week. I think that covers everything. Could you... um?
0: So you said you started using SAS um, Obviously, don't want to go into too much detail we'll probably do a podcast on it at some point. But uh, yeah. how have you found it and what's the general process of getting set up with it?
1: Um... Well, basically i think the website is is saslang. Yeah. dot uh. dot boiler hold, hold on let me get the let me get the link up uh. saslang and then you you just basically you install it um i think it, is it a node package node.js uh. ruby oh it's ruby sorry yeah so you use ruby you just get that installed on your computer um And then you just, yeah, you just start using it that way. I mean, all the documentation's on the website, but I I really like it because obviously one of the problems with CSS is it's not dynamic, is it? So uh, by using this, you're able to declare variables and then you've only got to change, like a color in one place that's going to be applied throughout your style sheet and stuff like that. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes writing CSS a lot faster. You really would hope they would add that, wouldn't you? That type of functionality,
3: you know, yeah, variables
1: have to have to. and CSS, you know, I mean, well, I know, other things
3: I, I know it like goes CSS. that divide of like, is it, you know, function, adding function stuff, but simple variables would be really good for like the dry prints or Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. I'm just, yeah.
0: It's, I must admit, this is on my yeah, list yeah. of things to look into. Um, you know, I've used less for a few years now and I'd have to say less does everything that I need it to, but you know listening there's,
1: there's not a massive amount of difference to be honest i've looked at that one as well they're they both both pretty much the same thing it's probably just one of those kind of personal preference yeah, The you know, the thing I, I think sas has, has that doesn't though. is is a uh, compass
3: right it's kind of like oh, a yeah. library like a framework library type thing yeah so you it can helps, nice like, and that's how long that sas like. gets, gives you
1: you can get like your reset library imported in there nice and easy and stuff like that using that can't you
3: yeah, and like the IE stuff and the prefixing and all that funky stuff, I think, can be simplified by it. But yeah, I mean, again, it's preference. You've got like Starless as well, or something, I think, is another one.
1: Yeah, there's oh, quite a few. There are quite a few. Okay.
3: Yeah, and Another, another th- that's that's a website now, because before they had a
2: horrible looking website, didn't they? Yeah. It, for years, it was just like, horrific compared to the less websites. I think the less websites. Yeah. Really, really nice. And to be honest, that's one of the reasons that I'm using less rather than SaaS, just because it's got a nicer website. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. Actually, looking
0: at it now, though, it's quite nice,
2: isn't it? Responsive It does look well. alright, but it's, yeah, it's, it doesn't really do
3: much. Though. Like if you... No. Oh,
2: well, like the
3: PHP website, which just been updated in fairness. So we have been out. do you? I don't mind it as much as I did. I mean, it was awful, wasn't it? It was definitely Web yeah. 1.0. oh. <laughs> Web 1.0, um, 1.0, or 0. 0.5, or something.
2: <laughs> Have you heard anyone refer to the web as Web 2.0 or Web 3.0 in the last couple of years?
3: Not in the couple of years. Back That's in the day, a... though, it was the thing, wasn't it? And you had like the uh, oh, what was it? The little stars that look like the glowing, like oh. Yeah, I remember <laughs> and, when uh,
2: when when Web 3.0 was like one of the big buzzwords, and then I had a meeting with a potential client, and he was like. I don't want to make the website web 2.0, I want to make it web 3.0. <laughs> <With
3: extra>. like, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's like, no, I'll make it 4.0. Oh. Yeah.
2: That's like saying, I want this, but better. Oh, it's that
0: like should have better. been the name of our podcast. That
2: would have been absolutely brilliant. It's, well, are uh, 3.0. Oh, man.
3: <laughs> have you, oh, one thing I did uh, see, sorry, is uh, the epic pitch P t-shirt made in com? Just saw that on Twitter uh, an hour ago. Yeah. Um, The little story behind that, Uh, Zach Zietmuller and Phil Sturgeon made it, and it's a funny T-shirt. It was all about this rant. I don't know, a couple of years ago, there was this massive rant about PHP. Again, we've got all the haters of PHP, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that today, actually. Uh, But there was this one little phrase from it that you say, like, you pull out a hammer, but to your dismay, it is a claw part of both sides. Still serviceable, though. I mean, you can hit nails with the middle of the with um, the head holding it sideways. So that's kind of taking the mick out of PHP, that it really is a jack of all trades. It doesn't really do anything right. But then this guy made this really awesome T-shirt, which is just the double claw hammer. Nice. <laughs> and it's sad, and it's geeky, and it keeps your <laughs> next T-shirt to roll around you've with. So I haven't bought it yet. I haven't bought it. I'm going to buy it. I will. It is awesome. (laughs) The anti-PHP rants are funny as hell.
0: That kind of leads us quite nicely on, actually. But um, did anyone else have anything else they wanted to?
3: Sorry, I've got one more thing. I'm really sorry. No, it's fine. uh, Today, uh, this is a question, actually. What do you use for your code highlighting on your sites? Uh, Syntax
2: highlighter? What do you mean code highlighting? Like code, code formatting within blog posts?
3: Yeah, that kind of thing.
2: Uh, I've got a, a little plugin on, because mine's on WordPress, and I don't mind that it's on WordPress. I like WordPress. Um, let me try and work out what it's called, though. I've
3: used Highlight.js, which has been quite nice. Yeah, that's oh. one I was I used to use quite a bit, and I, I'd use it before, like, for quite a while. How about you, Mickey? What do you use? I uh, was just looking
0: now. I, I only know it as Syntax Highlighter, but it's by Alex Gorbachev. I think...
3: See, there's, a, there's sure. a couple, isn't there, like front-end ones. There's like Highlight JS. I know there's Google CodePrintifier. Yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah, I'll use that good one, well. one Yeah. That's uh, really and then, really also easy. you've got Syntax Highlighter. But the one problem I have with all these is that, I'm because I've started blogging more now, I'm coming into, like, these corner edge cases where, like, in certain cases, like with Java enumeration types, enum types and everything, or some, like, some command, like bash commands, it doesn't style them the right way. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I've got to find one that works, you know, and it has to, you know... There must be one that will style it and do everything for me. Um, and the thing was, was like, when um, Lewis was talking about Octopress and stuff again, I had a look at that. I'm like, oh, it uses Jekyll. And I was like, back in the day, I used a bit of Jekyll. And I was like, oh, Jekyll uses Pigments. And I was like, oh, why does it go all to the effort of using a Python? Because Pigments is written in Python. Yeah. Um, so it's going to, all the way to the effort of actually using Python and making like a wrapper around, a uh, Ruby wrapper around it to be able to actually use it. And the reason why it does it is because it's the best. Uh, it's, a cl- it's a it's a server side one, so it's actually on the server you put it. Um, but it has an awesome command line interface, and it just does it hi- highlights everything. Uh, I can now understand why they actually went to the effort to use it and stuff. And uh, but the one trouble was, of course, was I'm using a I'm using a PHP app. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yes, yeah, so I'm using a PHP app. But so what I ended up doing instead was I actually made a small wrapper around it, function that actually. Sp- born off a child process and it then just called the pigments command line I've I've blogged about it and stuff Um, but yeah it's just it was it's the best uh, it's the best I found pigments but you can it's not because it's written in Python doesn't mean you can't use it in other languages like PHP
0: okay so we can put that that in the show notes as well that's quite good I'll have to give that a check out so should we uh, move on yeah Cool. So, uh, I guess if I just explain to uh, to our listeners, basically, we did have a little uh, social night out the other night, um, just a chance to really hook up, because we've not all been out for for drinks for a while, but also, oh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we wanted to do was just kind of have a bit of a review of how the, the podcast series was going, and um, a couple of things have come out of that, and, and one, like I say, was perhaps maybe some of the things we we've, we've said have been a bit... Um, perhaps maybe too advanced for, for where we are at the moment. And, uh, and perhaps we haven't looked at some uh, procedural PHP as much as we should have, um, even though it's quite hard to talk about on a podcast without any kind of visual aid. So that's a difficulty, but perhaps we'll, we'll try and have a look at that a little bit more. But that kind of led us on to how, how we would expect an absolute brand new PHP developer to start, where to start in an age where if that developer buys a web magazine, they're probably the first thing they're probably going to see on the front page is something like a new framework's just come out. Learn this framework. Uh, this is the best framework you should be using this, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and basically I, I think if we start off there and perhaps even if Lou, if you're happy, perhaps to talk about yeah. what you experienced this week and, uh, and how you felt about that really, I guess.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's never kind of that easy to, to to kind of explain to explain the situation. But you know, I, I take it we all kind of follow the same kind of people on Twitter, and we see the kind of um, yeah. to and fro's that they all have. And and some of it gets gets quite heated, doesn't it? And it's it seems bizarre to me. And I I have unfollowed quite a few people this week. Yeah. Um, but one of the one of the main things that's sort of come up this week there's a there's a blog post written. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to say who it who it was by or anything like that. But it was basically, as you were saying, Mike. It was a, it was largely aimed towards Laravel, and um, and sort of saying to people, you know, stop writing all these kind of packages that only work for one, for only one, for one framework and not for everything. And it kind of all escalated from there. And it kind of struck a chord with me because I'm kind of I I don't at this particular moment in my career understand why everyone's using you know looking to use a package for everything and trying to find something that someone else has made rather than, you know, trying to use their own, their own skills that they've learned themselves as a developer, you know, to try and to try and come up with their own solutions and their own kind of toolkit, you know, whether, whether it's the best or the worst bit of code you've ever written in your life, you know, it's, it's still going to be a valuable learning resource to you one way or another. And, um, I kind of write quite, wrote quite a lengthy comment on this blog post, um, which was it was a bit upsetting afterwards because it appears that it was the only comment there that didn't get responded to. But I thought I made some good points in there that you know I'd like to discuss with you guys and see what your thoughts are. So you know, do, are you happy for me to maybe read a couple of paragraphs from this com- from this post that I wrote? Go for it. What? Cool. Okay. Um, I won't read the whole thing because it was quite lengthy. Um, so let's go from here. So blah blah blah. I've I have I have this is me now reading my post. I have recently developed real issues, stroke concerns with the idea of using a mainstream framework because I think this may disrupt my learning process. I'm not too sure that the use of third packages or libraries etc. is always the best idea for me. The best reason for that being that if something breaks I could suddenly be in trouble and at the mercy of, of things like the quality of the documentation and even my own ability sometimes. I'm not ashamed to admit that at my stage of learning I have to be very aware of this possibility. Uh, to date I have used Codeigniter quite, quite extensively, more so than any of the others And when the realisation came to me that this framework may be effectively dying soon It dawned on me that if I'm only as good as the framework that I use Then this, can, this cannot be a good thing Suddenly I will be in a position where I'm a developer who can only write In quote unquote Codeigniter But I may have forgotten some of the important vanilla PHP stuff this is why, for the past two months, I've been attempting to build my own framework and have begun utilizing it in live projects as it gives me the chance to continue to build it up further during a live project. I get to see it break and then instantly get feedback about where I may have gone wrong and then the opportunity to develop to improve as a developer comes by fixing those issues um I read one more one more paragraph and then and then we'll kind of open it up so then I've said the the learning process during this time has been extremely valuable and i think that it has helped me develop my own skills far more than using any library oh uh, sorry far more than using library after library from composer for example which although is very simple and quick and efficient most of the time it's never been reassuring to me to be using someone else's code that perhaps either a i don't fully understand myself or b that i wouldn't feel comfortable debugging and that that whole that so that kind of captures my whole uh, my whole perspective on on this whole culture that there seems to be that everyone's trying to find a package that someone else has written I don't know if you guys kind of share that view or uh,
0: I've definitely got my opinion but I've been talking a lot so let's add Fraser one of
3: you two uh, shoot um, I agree completely um, that's pretty easy to say isn't it uh, I suppose I, expanding on that though I mean it is a tough one in the sense that it's a double edged sword where okay so you want me to learn something but you then don't want me to write any code you just want me to be using the packages really and understand how they work, but without actually writing any of the code. That they, yeah. You know, and I mean, and I'm sure like you're you're like me. You know, I learn by having a look what's going on. I need to know what's going on. I need to write it myself, even if it's a simpler version of it. If I know that I understand that, then I have the confidence in myself that when I use that library, I'll be able to do it. There are certain libraries um, that I don't, you know, have that much interest in actually ever making and I always do just rely on them I mean stuff like um oh what is it like I mean, we've got car payments I suppose you would actually care uh Oh, the GMap one, you know, like the one that uh, Lewis was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Now, yeah. GMap is a pain, and there's a lot of flags and a lot of funny stuff, but some guys have gone you know, to the effort to do that and make it great. If it goes wrong, I'm sure we're confident enough in our JavaScript skills at this time to actually have a look into it, or maybe even just move to another one. Now, I know that moving to an and it's that whole debate of, well, you're just moving to another one and hacking that around, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those things where, How much time would it take me to actually make something? And this guy's already made it. It's been tried and tested in production by a lot of other people. It must work. Um, A couple of years ago, when I was first getting into JavaScript and stuff, I looked into jQuery and I decided, well, I'm going to make my own little framework that's based a bit off jQuery. So I got quite the uh, not everyone wants to do this, but I got the uh, uncompressed source of jQuery and I had a look at it and stuff because I was really interested in it and everything and how it worked. And I made my own little framework and everything. And similar to what, um, you know, Lewis is doing today with the PHP one. uh, I never had the chance to actually use it in production, but I'm sure I would have used it in production for certain things because I would be confident that it's my code and I understand. It also allowed me to, like, get into the old thing of, like, how buggy IE is and et cetera, et cetera. But then it also allows me then to pick up jQuery, pick up move tools, pick up an MVC framework in, you know, a, a JavaScript and stuff and have a look and see how they do it and be confident that I know if there's comes a time when I need to help with it, there'll be enough uh, enough people who use it, but also I could, if I need to, go in and have a look myself. Now, again, I'm talking about Ramadan, but what Lewis did say was very, very wise, which was, you know, you have to, do you really want to, I mean, like the Laravel code is, is a great project, and, you know, I, I, I use it in production. I use it for a client, well, I get a big client project now. I'm um, using 4.1, uh, so I was able to update it all and everything, and it's a great project. Uh, it's very Java-y in the sense it's been abstracted a lot. And I do Java in that is a spring application type thing. It's got a lot of very good stuff that you can learn. But the trouble is it goes from this thing of look, just picking up PHP how I picked up PHP, and I'm sure how you all picked up PHP, we're just having a simple function and a simple thing to going, okay, well, you need to understand facades and service providers and stuff. Or if you don't understand that, you need to have good documentation and literally just be like, oh, help, you know, this is a J, this is, that's another thing, sorry. Uh, so it's the whole thing of, do you know jQuery or do you know JavaScript? Well, you know mm-hmm. JavaScript, but you understand jQuery's framework. But A lot of people get jQuery and JavaScript. They think, oh, no, but that's a jQuery thing. No, it's all written in JavaScript. Yeah. So I think, actually, in the JavaScript world it's more of a problem because it's been more of a pronounced problem because more people use frameworks, but i say it's coming to light now, and it, you know, in the PHP world, where a lot more people are using these big projects with new dependency managers and stuff, and it's like, well, yeah, it's that you know, learning is a great thing, but because you're having such big projects and stuff, that you probably don't need everything. You're literally, you know, you're 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 throwing the kitchen sink at it, pretty much. You know, you're you're not doing, you know, you're you're overcomplicating things with certain things, or maybe you're, this is another thing. So. And I don't want, to, you know, I'm not having to go with Laravel at all because I love it. But there was one thing where, say, like, oh, so they wanted to do uh, renaming table columns. So table columns, you rename and stuff. So what they did was they imported the, oh, what is it? There was this doctrine. So doctrine is this object relation map, which is just this funky database thing. A uh, Database, uh, yeah, so it's funky database class and a lot of things. It's a big package, so just to do, or it was, there, it was a certain package from there, just to do the renaming. And that brought in a half dependency that could easily break something if you were in the you know development chain that you're they're only using one tiny bit of. I mean, fortunately, in 4.1, they did remove it, and they said, look, optionally, you can include it, which I think is the best way. But it's that kind of thing of like, you know, I want this one function, but well, I have to download this whole you know library and understand yeah. it if it goes wrong because I'm sending something to a client, and if the client, you know, co- co- brings me up at 1 in the morning so it's broken – I can't go to these people. These people are anonymous online. I have to fix it myself. When you do, and I think you know, as Lewis is being responsible. We're saying, well, the only co- the co- best code that I can fix is my
1: own code. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah. I've, I'm certainly. I would never criticize Laravel or anything like that because obviously, you know, it's it is an amazing piece of technology. But the reason that I won't, I've chosen to not to use it myself is. Simply, if I want to try and find something in the source code, it's it's an absolute mission. You know, if I want to try and understand how something's done and learn from it, half the time I I can't even find where that bit of code's been written. It's like Ed says, it's been so abstracted. I mean, we tried to we tried to didn't we? We did a the few weeks. Back, we tried stuff, to find this
3: all dynamic, make it very hard. I think they have in one in, in four point two. I think they're making it easier, I and mean, I think in four point one they made it a bit easier, but. For, for people, it's kind of this progression where you start off with a bit of PHP. You do that, you get confident. You know, you may play around a bit of classes and stuff, um, and then you go into a framework like Coding Nights which is a bit scary at first, but you can kind of get it. You know, there's no magic. You know, it, it kind of makes sense, and the documentation is very good for it. Yeah. Um, and then you go onto Laravel, and if people just go and jumping into PHP, like I want to learn PHP, and they're literally okay, well, here's Laravel. You have to use Laravel because no one else uses normal PHP anymore. Or raw PHP, it's like, well, that's a bit scary. Yeah, and then you're in, then you're going to get into this quote-unquote be a Laravel developer. Yeah, because you're not a PHP developer, you're a Laravel developer in quotes.
1: Yeah, what do you got, Mike Fraser? What do you? I mean, what's your take on this?
3: Um, well, I think you you both hit the hit the nail on the head pretty
2: pretty heavily. Like, when, when I know we will kind of learn PHP in a similar way. Like, you kind of start off doing the basics, doing your your Hello Worlds and, and what have you from Basically, from procedural to object-oriented, and then jump into frameworks. And I think mm-hmm. if, if well, I, I guess our target audience are people that are new to that are new to web development and wanting to get into it and, and learn everything. Um, I think all the kind of buzzwords and everything they'll see is, "Oh, you need to learn." Yeah, like you say, you need to learn Laravel. You need to learn maybe not CodeIgniter anymore because it's pretty much becoming obsolete. But I think it's kind of it's very much the wrong way for a beginning web developer to get into because otherwise, well, if you can actually get a grasp of it, then you do get very much pigeonholed into being a Laravel developer rather than being a PHP developer. Um, And if you're a truly good PHP developer, then you can work out what you need to from any of the frameworks, whereas if you kind of just specialise yourself in, in, say, Laravel, um, you're shoehorned into Laravel and the second that that the the industry decides, oh, actually, no, Laravel's not the in thing anymore, let's all go on to this other framework, um, then you're back to square one again.
3: And you kind of yeah. think it's the same thing with like the PHP. It's like, oh, I'm a Laravel developer. Oh, that's a Laravel thing. It's like, well, actually, no, because if you knew the PHP behind it, you know that was just a PHP thing. And that's the whole jQuery JavaScript thing where people get confused with what it is. But it's because they've just learned Laravel, so They think, oh, that must be a Laravel, like the colon colon, you know, you've got session colon colon get. Oh, colon colon, that must be a Laravel thing. It's They don't understand that, you know, it's a PHP static class or something, yes. static method, you know, that kind of
1: thing. I think there seems to be quite a lot of um, what's the word? Maybe maybe elitism or something like that with some of these things, where where it doesn't always seem like the the lesser experienced developers get taken into account with with yeah. some of these projects. And I mean, thankfully, there you know there are guys out there, guy out there like Jeffrey Way who who puts a hell of a lot of work into trying to you know make things more understandable for for the beginner developers. Um, yeah, I mean. And like, like like we were saying at the
2: weekend we were having a chat. There does seem to be like a bit of an in crowd of these prominent developers who are all using the same technologies. So they're all talking, and these are the vocal ones within the community. Um, so you can be very easily misled into thinking, oh well, I want to be a web developer. But I have to learn that or I have to learn this, and I have to learn that. And it's, it, it, the point is you you don't. You just need to learn whatever it is that gets the job
1: done at the end of the day for you. And it, it, yeah, it, it just
2: seems you, that there's you need that.
1: you need to understand the code that you're working with. I think is the is the crux of it and. Maybe it's a progression thing. Maybe when you do get that far down the down the stage of learning, that you know you are you are just kind of happier to to use something like that. But I mean, I, I'm definitely I definitely don't feel that way myself. But I seem to be in a bit of a minority, possibly. I don't think
0: you are at all. I, I I see this in in two different ways. Part of me thinks, okay, when I when I get into my car and I and I go to drive my car. I have no clue what's going on underneath the, the bonnet. <laughs> I, I don't understand how the car works. I don't know the first thing about cars, but I know how to drive a car and that fulfills my purpose pretty much. Now okay, in programming you can say the same thing and and certainly when you're when you've been doing it for a few years, I think, you know, a good library works on the basis that if it's got good documentation, all you have to look at is I can call this method, it gives me this uh, I give it this, and it returns me that. And I love that. I like that modularity. But in this particular debate, I'm actually, I agree with Lou. And I mean, to be honest, I've not looked at the uh, Laravel code base. So I'm, I'm not specifically picking out Laravel here. Please don't think I am. But it, in order to use a framework, if you're a web developer, I, I do actually, even though this goes against everything I've just said, I do think it's important that you understand what's going on underneath the hood. Um, I, I just do think it's important and but it's like a mechanic though isn't it because yeah, we're like,
3: kind of uh, the mechanic of the yeah. web
0: so we should know we should know exactly that's where the example of the you know getting in the car it kind of falls down you're right and we do this as, a, um, as our profession oh that no, was so, a good analogy though I did buy yeah, it. but the
1: thing, the thing is Thanks, that, you know we are we are expected to repair these things if they go yeah. wrong. we don't have we don't have a mechanic to go to precisely so if we're deploying a web yeah is that, and that's that's yeah. the difference yeah, isn't yeah it? that's it we are the mechanic and yeah
3: yeah and this is like, what it
1: all comes down to with me like how confident am i in if something breaks in a live project and suddenly i've got to fix it you know how confident am i with what i'm working with
3: but it's shipping quick code isn't it you see yeah i'm mean, confident and you understand the fact yeah then it's they really are beneficial but yeah it's that kind of confidence factor and shipping quick code is obviously you know obviously we don't like doing it but we do have to do it sometimes let's be honest you know um and you know some of the code we write we don't enjoy you know we don't like you know and and sometimes using a, a, a you know a plug-in you know that is bigger than what it needs to be when it gets the job done is what you you know you will use but yeah the, the the right way to do learning i think is by doing it and actually learning it not by just by using all these abstractions which are frameworks and stuff to actually get the job done is by actually learning like get i mean because this is the thing you know people get me getting get confused oh what is it what is it Um, Dollar underscore get. Because they say you used to maybe use a Laravel with input colon colon get or something. If you're using a framework, you'll never see. Exactly. And there's reasons why you wouldn't want to use it, um, you know, get. But then people need to learn those reasons. Yeah. I still think people need to learn them themselves instead of me or someone else or one of us going, oh, yeah, that's a bad thing to do. Don't do it. Well, I kind of like seeing why it doesn't work, if that makes sense, you know, because that's, that's
1: that's the bit that you learn from
3: yeah that's it your own experiences you know
1: and yeah
3: yeah I uh, I'd like to take this uh
0: conversation a slightly different angle if um if you guys course, don't mind yeah. but um and this might be a little bit controversial and might give me a bit of backlash but um <laughs> I know we were talking about this the other night and and again I'm not targeting Laravel or anything like that because I, I I do like it and um from my experience like talking to uh taylor on twitter he seems like a really sound guy so i'm not attacking him at all but it does seem to me like there is an almost a bit of a laravel gustavo type presence on twitter where if you dare say anything bad about it or dare say you you're using a different framework that you know you'll get abuse um
1: it, it's painting the industry in such a horrible light now isn't it i, think I mean so. even even some of the other developers are, are writing similar things to you mike on there like Oh, what's the latest petty PHP drama this week? And yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I mean, you
1: know, why, why has anyone happened got, happened got time for any of that?
0: Yeah.
3: Sorry, Ed, what did you say? I'm saying it happens in all languages, doesn't it? And this is the thing, isn't it? It's like we all get bored and we all we're all like kinda of human, really, and I'm sure it happens in other industries and stuff, but it's just trying to work with it, really. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I just wish that people would be more
3: because the in trend, isn't it? It's the hot thing. It's like oh, Ruby's the hot thing, Node's the hot thing, Go's the hot thing. You know all these things. Oh, Ruby and Rails is the hot thing, and it's buzzwords. You know people yeah. don't want to don't want to employ. Well, I yeah I hope they do. People want to employ a PHP developer now. They want to employ a Laravel developer because the person who selling it and buying the product may have seen like the latest .NET magazine that has a thing on Laravel, and they're like, well, on Laravel. I don't care if it's in PHP. No, I want Laravel. Yeah.
1: But they might not even know, they might just think it is Laravel. They that's not it. That's know. it. This is the thing.
3: And, and, you know, people, I just hope that people who go come into the industry don't think like that or, you know, can learn another way, you know, the way we learn. But that's another thing with PHP where it's becoming such a bigger thing that it was. And I feel kind of sad about that because I do kind of feel sometimes a language runs its course. You have, like, there's no point in bringing a language up and bringing it, you know, m- is kind of, you know, adding bits on and stuff and hodgepodging it. You know, sometimes, okay, I'm going to have to move on and use maybe Python or Ruby, or maybe I'll move on and use Java, or maybe I'll, you know, I've learned PHP, but now I'm working in more of an industry where it needs Java, I'm going to learn Java. And, you know, I mean, there are, you know, PHP does really well with stuff like OO and stuff, but it makes things more confusing, like autoloading and stuff like this. And it's kind of like, I think, there's a language for each tool there's a reason why there's so many languages i mean there's a lot of reasons why there's so many languages because you know everyone has their own flavor and you know tabs versus spaces debating all that uh, spaces versus tabs debate and etc but it's like you know i'm starting to learn and get away a bit from php because i'm like well you know scala or something does it a bit better in certain cases because it can because it was able to do it different you know And it's kind of just adding on to a language that I learned and loved because it was simple and I was able to get the job done. And I really don't want people to get away from that and have to write a ridiculously confusing, you know, page just to get Echo Hello World. Yeah, completely
0: agree. Getting back to, like, one of the things we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, just sort of mentioned it, and it's related to this, is... uh, So let's say we have... Joe Blogs, who's literally, li- literally just deciding he wants to get into PHP, and all these friends are saying, "Oh yeah, use Laravel, use Laravel." What should he be doing? What should be his first resource? What should be the first
2: thing he does? Well, we can't say W three
0: scripts. Yeah, I no, I, <laughs> <that. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I
3: honestly think .dot net. Uh, choose plus. Sorry, choose plus. Do you, do you mean you know what kind of learning path go
0: down, Michael? what exactly. tools should they be? I think that's what I'm getting at, and, you know, in the whole debate, uh, not debate, uh, you know, should they start off with procedural, or should they yes. go like... Yeah, I, get I reckon they should try and get at
1: least at least 10
0: 100%. websites under their belt in procedural. Is it possible to dive straight in with OOPHP for an absolute beginner?
3: If you've had no background in any other language? Yeah. No. I, I, I remember doing procedural, I was doing... Um, what was it, I was doing Pascal and stuff procedural and then OO oh, oh, right, only came to me when I was doing Java at uni. I mean, I think it's good to learn simple functions and stuff first and you can still use them and, you know, and I mean, C, you know, it's not OO, oh, oh, it has its place still. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, and I think that's the trouble, isn't it? It's like 0 to 100 and it's just like, well, you know, there's got to be an in-between and I do think, the trouble is, as you say, and I'm sure, you know, this is where it, we're getting to, it's like, OK, well, OK, so say then we, you hire a junior and they know a bit of PHP. It's like, well, then you, you need them to be developing stuff. So you put them on a Laravel project. So you expect them to understand Laravel, but they still don't understand the basics of PHP. I just I, I just find it interesting because, you know, if you were learning Java,
0: say you'd never played with any program language before and you were going to learn Java, you would start by learning OO because it's an object oriented yep. language. You, you pick
3: up a book that had it all in the oh, yeah. So why is PHP different? Because we, it, I think it's the shipping stuff. You know, it's more about the fact that there's not an academic, it's more, we're getting a job done. You know, there's a very, we all have our jobs here and we're all wanting to get a job done and, and it's that kind of, well, I want to make a website. How do I make a website? Not, oh, I love programming, I love OO. And then, you know, oh, these, this can solve this problem. It's more, we have the problem that we need to solve. Oh, this is how we do it. Yeah. kind of that uh, kind of thing so it's kind of like you know and you pick up bits and bobs online and stuff and there's there's far less of a structured way of learning i mean you don't have really we well, do have web courses but not to the same extent as in the java world you know where you would have proper courses structured courses at universities and college
0: yeah yeah i was just where
1: do, sorry oh, sorry mike go on no you go mate oh uh, yeah i mean uh, I, i'm just browsing through the internet and i'm just finding I'm post the after post here uh yeah all saying the same thing don't don't reinvent the wheel don't reinvent the wheel and i think it's ludicrous like all these people saying don't reinvent the wheel why why waste your time writing something that someone else has already written and people are giving this as genuine advice i can't it's bizarre
3: i do think it, i do think it has its place but i do agree with learn when you're learning something i know i'm like this
1: if i'm learning something i want to understand it does a program become conflicts. boring as well, though? If you're doing that all the time, but isn't it just you're just literally re, re, not regurgitating? That's a horrible word, but you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, yeah, just yeah. You're just you're just doing the same thing again and again, aren't you? But, yeah. Um. I mean, but again, it can have its benefits because you know it's like oh well, I I I you know object relational mapper. I mean, I played around with making my own one, you know, back in the day. But now Eloquent's amazing, so I'm definitely going to use Eloquent now. I don't know how it's actually implemented now, but I'm sure I, I'm confident enough of my skills to say maybe give me a couple of hours and I'll have an idea. Or I'll be able to go online and debug it and with other people's help and stuff. But that's because then I've built my own. I understand the under, I think maybe actually it's more not only implementation, but also the design and understanding at a high level what's going on because this is another thing we're when we were doing this pitch P single pitch p everything was on that one page now we've got many tabs open with many pages we're very java in that way you know each class has its own pay uh, own file and stuff so it's very hard to get an image like an idea in your head conceptualizing of what it is
1: yeah yeah
3: fraser i'm I'm interested to ask you actually um
0: because you've used SilverStripe. i know me lou and, and ed we've all used um Kylie Knighter and Laravel, but what? how does, is it Silverstripe? Is that right? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it fair, I mean, compared to those two, I mean, in terms of what you need to know
2: before you can pick that up? Um, well, to be honest, I Silverstripe was my first ever kind of foray into into OO and into any kind of framework, um, and I went over to, to New Zealand a couple of years back and then basically said, oh, yeah, I'm a web developer, like, and, and managed to land myself a job with a web development company. And then... Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't really have my head in the game. Like I wasn't following what was going on in the industry very much, so the whole idea of frameworks and, and OO and stuff was, was not even on my radar. Yeah. Um, so I kind of sold myself to this company as a, as a web developer, and, and luckily they gave me the job. And then I turned up on the first day of work, and it's like right, yeah. So uh this what you'd build this in, in stripe. It's so, yeah, they were like, oh yeah, it's okay if you can if you want to take a couple of days to get your head around this framework kind of thing, assuming that, that I already knew frameworks. And I looked at it, and I didn't have a clue. Like it was it was horrific. And I, I literally, I, I kind of like went there, all kind of confident, like yeah, I've been a web developer for however many number of years and stuff, and and then it it was the biggest like shock that I've ever had to the system in, in terms of my career it was it was like I know nothing I felt like I felt like a three-year-old girl in my like, <laughs> <laughs> I like just been thrown into a swimming pool um but it, yeah it was it was pretty horrific um but I kind of like battled with it and battled with it, and they were very good they were very patient with me um and uh and yeah luckily so like one day something just clicked and it, it all kind of all kind of came to but I, I, I still use silver strike quite a lot in my uh in my freelance work it's kind of it's a really nice thing. It comes with a, a CMS already on, already attached to it. You can get it independent of the CMS or, or they've got a CMS that bolts onto it as well. Um, and it's just a really, really quick and nice way of getting getting sites out there, to be honest with you. And it's a lot. It, it doesn't have the the kind of the complications that Laravel has. Um, and it's, it, yeah, it's just a really nice, quick way of, of putting simple websites, which are the ones that I like doing for, for freelance because I've got a full-time job anyway. Um, so really, the only the only kind of freelance work that I do want to take on is is just stuff where it is a simple website, kind of knock it out in a couple of weeks and, and hand it over to them, and then that's that. And it's it's absolutely perfect for for what I use it for.
0: Nice. Yeah, it looks pretty good actually.
1: I, I think before before anyone should start looking at like the major frameworks, they really should take a lot of time studying first just how MVC works. I mean, once you once you've grasped that then you can probably adopt most frameworks fairly easily. But until, if you don't even know that in the first place, then yeah. I definitely, you know, once that, I mean, I think that's probably where I went wrong. I think I, I tried to start using some of these frameworks before I properly understood how MVC works. And then the moment I did understand how MVC worked, it just clicked straight away. The choice
3: there, it's like kind of scary again, isn't it? Because you're like saying PHP and MVC, and people may think, "Hey, man, is MVC another language?
1: <laughs> no exactly yeah.
3: that that kind of thing, you know, and it's that it it's really hard, isn't it to say what to learn and like how, and I do think procedural praise is the best way to learn first, yeah, I
0: think, yeah, I mean, as I guess we'll be wrapping up in a minute, so i I guess the thing that we really want to say to the listeners, especially people who are real beginners and listening to this podcast, is that I think we would all agree that you know don't worry about a framework to start off with it's. don't try and run before you can walk. You know, take your time to learn the fundamentals, the basics, and then build up to using a framework if you feel comfortable
3: with it. Yeah, and you can ship good code. Well, you can ship websites. You can ship stuff just using straight, clean box standard PHP. There
1: are plenty of people out there doing that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, when a user looks at a website, they don't see what framework the person built it in. At the yeah. end of the day, they see the site that's exactly. landed on the screen.
3: And that's the client as well, you know. If it's not broken, you know, if it works, that's it. They don't mind.
1: Yeah. And to, to be controversial, I mean, the guys doing that are arguably more competent developers, possibly. You know, because everything yeah. is handwritten, you know, homemade, as as it were.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Did anyone else have any anything profound they wanted to say before we uh, wrapped up? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I hope we've... Do- Answer more just, questions.
1: I mean, this isn't this isn't a character, certainly not a character assassination of Laravel. I hope yeah. if if Taylor or character. any of those guys They're ever going to stop using it yeah, <laughs> no. Exactly. This year. If if they do hear this, all 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 I personally am trying to say is that it's possibly not 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 particularly easy to understand for a, for a lower level developer. So that's all. I, I mean, that's just trying to be constructive. You know, that's. Not, I think that's not a fair word. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. you know and um, they might be aware of that or they might they might have chosen to to build it that way so you know if so fair enough
0: absolutely cool well we've just hit the hour mark and um i think we'll have to decide off air um what we're going to do next week because uh there was quite a few things like say, so we discussed at our uh our social event to try and remember what they were
3: but um you have a good picture of you and fraser on the twitter don't we <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> I like, like the fact the it looks like hand. we're on top of a skyscraper. I really like that. It looks like we're sat outside. Yeah, it's sort of in China,
2: doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're um, like Hong Kong or something. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about again, kind of maybe scheduling this in as a, a once yeah. a week thing because we we realize that we've been a little bit kind of sporadic with it, kind of putting one out whenever whenever we can put it in. But we are going to try and get there to yeah. a stage where we're going to be putting them out once every week at an allotted day. But we we still need to decide on what the day is going to be. Yeah. um so yeah um just in case anyone out there is subscribing and then sitting there
1: wondering when updates are going to come yeah, um, yeah. by all means contact us and ask you know let's yeah. hear from hear from some of you. we yeah. did you
3: hear from one didn't we which was very
1: nice we yeah we did we yeah thank you, thank
3: you very much. that was really nice
0: yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely we really would welcome more feedback as well positive or negative because uh, yeah we uh, want to do a good podcast for you guys and um yeah, like Fraser says, we're going to try and do uh, more weekly and we are here long term. We're going to, you know, produce many more of these and, and we're also going to try and, and take it back a step and just try and have a look at some more, you know, basic procedural code. And, um, we'll have to think about how we're going to do that, that the best way to do it in a, in a podcast. But, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll either be continuing this kind of debate next week, or we'll be looking at some more, some more sort of beginner programming. So, uh,
2: yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll be back next week.
1: Bye. All right. See you later.